This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Well, alright. Welcome back to the Survival and Basic Badass Podcast with Kevin and Chuck. Today, we're going to talk about clearing a room. Um, Basically, what I'm talking about is like somebody captured your babies and they're holding them in a house. And you got to figure out how to get in there, bust up the party and get your babies back. Mm -hmm. Um, That kind of thing. You know, like maybe you hear that Osama bin Laden's hanging out with some honeys and you're like, I'm going to get to the bottom of that. And you want to kick in the door, whatever. Or maybe you're thinking back, um, back in Compton in the 80s and the police are like, what is Dre in there? Let me get in there and shake this up a bit. Mm -hmm. That's the kind of thing we're talking about. Now, there's a lot of... uh, I don't know. I mean, everybody has their different opinions and, and ways of doing it. I think the Marines just get in a straight line and all run inside and stare at each other. I'm sure if you're a Marine, you're cursing me right now. Mm-hmm. Um, the Navy SEALs are a little more tactical. They have a little more planning. They rehearse it for days before they do a big raid. I mean, everybody has their kind of way of doing it. And police, you know, same thing. Police are coming up on things. They're not coming in with plans of the house and, oh, this guy might, you know, whatever. Maybe that happens once in a lifetime to a SWAT team where they actually lay it all out beforehand. But for the most part, it's, you know, they're just going in. Um, so we'll talk a little bit about each one. Basically, the, the Navy SEALs, kind of they're a little different they have a lot of preparation um they're gonna actually do recon Mm -hmm. now this is something you really might want to think about if you have the time and especially if you're outnumbered this is something you're gonna need to do 
If you're thinking, oh, there's 20 guys there and I'm going to take them out with four, you got to kind of have a plan for that. That's not something where you're like, I'm going to kick in the door and we'll just go room to room and clear it all out. That's not going to work out well for you. Um, basically, the recon is somebody laying in the bushes, maybe two people on either side of the compound and scoping it out at a minimum for 24 hours. Um, possibly days if you have the kind of time and resources. But if you feel, hey, you know, they're in there doing bad things to people I care about, I don't have, you know, that much time. Again, the the urgency, you're the size of the manpower you have to complete this mission. And honestly, the equipment you have to complete the mission is going to make a big difference. Um, so the recon, what you're looking for and what I'm talking about is one, you're going to want to be counting how many people are in the compound. Right. Absolutely. You know, you're going to want to know where are they sleeping? Where, you know, are people throughout the day? Mm -hmm. Is this the, you know, they all hang out in the kitchen of that house. Yeah. Um, they hang out in a conference room with a TV in the, the little building there or, you know, whatever. Then you want to look, oh, do they have lookouts? All right, where are these guys? Are they doing an outside patrol around the compound? Do they send somebody out walking around? Do they have dogs? You know, different things. I mean, dogs are going to make a big difference if you're sneaking up. Right. It's a lot easier to sneak past a guy than it is to sneak past a dog. Mm -hmm. Well, I have some lazy dogs in the past, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying in general. Right. Um, so you have a lot of that stuff going on. Um, but you actually want to bring a notebook and keep a log. You want to say, all right, every three hours, they're changing a watch. Mm -hmm. You know, up here, I see two guys sitting there. And you know what? At night, they drop it down to one guy out there. Or maybe at night, they go to three guys out there, you know, on, on the guard tower. All right, they're there. I noticed that when this guy's on watch, he doesn't really pay attention. He's looking at his phone, playing, uh, what's that, Candy Crush? Candy that, that's Crush. That's the big one. Yeah, because when they're playing Candy Crush, they you, can't see anything. You walk else. right by that guy, mm -hmm. be like, "Hey, can I have a cigarette?" Yeah, yeah, here you go. Yep. Got got to get those whatever they have on there. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know anything um, about that. I don't know. I think there's donuts. They mm -hmm. they remind me of the the Simpsons has the little donuts. <laughs> that, I don't know. All right, yeah, I All got right, you. Whatever. I'm yeah, I don't know. Somebody knows what I'm talking about out there, um, but those are the things that are important. You know, who's alert, who's not. You know, can you take advantage of this information? It's going to make a huge difference mm -hmm. on how you approach things. Also, maybe you're going to rescue someone. Do you know where they're holding them? Right. Do you know when they go to feed them? Do you mm -hmm. know when, you know, different things are yeah, happening? You don't want to be uh, learning the layout after you get inside. <laughs> that's that's definitely not the way to go. And, and ideally, if you can figure out, you know, hey, you've been in that building before. Mm -hmm. Oh, that was your friend's house. You've been in there. What, you know, what's the layout? That kind of thing is huge. Um, now, <clears throat> I mean, that's pretty much the SEALs. They do that. They also, they have cool things. They usually plan their missions. SEALs will usually plan their missions so that they're at nighttime or they're like just before dawn. And the reason they do this is because for some reason they're the king of night vision. Mm -hmm. Now, 
honestly, if you guys have been listening to this podcast and you're really taking this stuff kind of seriously, you have maybe moved into, you know, buying some either cheap night vision. Kevin has some interesting facts on night vision later he's going to share with us. But I mean, you know, you've probably looked into something thermal night vision. Mm -hmm. This is going to give you a huge advantage on any non-military force. Right. Um, Huge. If we're talking about after an EMP, if you come in with flashlights, you might have a big advantage over, you know, somebody else. Mm -hmm. But also remember when you're holding a flashlight, you're a target. Right. That target is where you you line your sights up, that flashlight. So, you know, you guys decide, you know, what's right. But night vision is huge. And that's why the SEALs were so big on that. Plus, you could definitely make an argument, even if you don't have night vision, catching people where they're drowsy or sleepy or, you know, resting and just Mm -hmm. not in a readiness kind of state. Mm -hmm. But, you know, maybe they're not ready when they're working the field, planting the garden, you know, who knows? So these are things to think about. You know, maybe they have a party in the creek and they all get naked and whatever. Maybe they're all drinking and they're all hung over at six in the the, morning. Yeah, that was the advantage of the... um... George Washington, right? Uh, Battle of Trenton. Okay. Uh, all the Hessians, uh, they crossed the Delaware Christmas uh, Christmas night, showed up on uh, dawn on uh, the 26th of December, and uh, all those Hessians were just loaded and hung over, and it was it was a cakewalk. Nice. So, That's I mean, if you can get I mean, your, get your enemy drunk. Now... You had a little insight. You were saying uh, you know about a uh, certain SEAL Team raid? Yeah, well, remember SEAL Team 6 when they uh, when well, they took out... SEAL uh, Team 6, because whenever it's like, oh, well, you know I'm a Navy SEAL, and then they're like, oh, yeah, what team? And you're like, oh, you know, SEAL Team 6, because uh, mm-hmm. I'm a real badass. Yeah, I actually, uh, when I was stationed in Little Creek, Virginia, I was right next to those guys, and they were, they were fucking lunatics, man. I don't know. I worked out with uh, a bunch of SEALs every morning. I don't know, because they were just always in the gym. Mm-hmm. And I'd go in for two hours or whatever in the day, and they'd be there for four or six and mm-hmm. whatever. And they just, they, they all party harder than I do, you know? Yeah. They're the ones, that, the only stories I remember, these guys would go out and we'd go out drinking and they'd come back and be like, yeah, I need to give myself an IV and, uh, Bring some fluids back because I'm dehydrated so I can go to work today, mm-hmm. you know? I'm like, uh, you might be a little crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Operation Neptune Spear. Ooh. That was the raid uh, where they uh, got Osama bin Laden. All right. Uh, SEAL Team 6, uh, 5 killed, 17 captured in that raid. 17? I did not realize it was that many people. Mm-hmm. Now, there's actually 79 commandos that went in. 26 Navy SEALs. Holy shit. And then the other guys were just special operators. And that's one team? Yeah. 26? Mm-hmm. That sounds bigger than I would have expected. Well, it's not the... Yeah, I don't think it was the entire... SEAL Team 6 is big. All There's right. a lot of guys in, in SEAL Team 6. It's not just Chris Kyle or something? Mm-hmm. He was like three or something anyway, but... No, it's not just one Chris just Kyle one guy and, and two of his buddies? No, nope, no. Nope. And uh, Murphy and, uh, you know, the lone survivor? Uh, yeah, yeah. Marcus Luttrell. Marcus Luttrell and Chris Because those are the, the three the SEAL names yeah. I know to drop. <laughs> uh, but they had some pretty uh, pretty cool equipment with them. Uh, an HK-416. All right. Uh, that was the gun that was actually used to shoot uh, right. Osama Now that's Laden. like, 
Oh, nice. So mm-hmm. you, HK make a nice weapon. That's mm-hmm. what I can tell you. I know my handgun, H and K. It's it's they're they're German. They're quality. Mm-hmm. Turns That's out. Right. Germans know about precision, that kind of shit. That's right, they do. You want to shoot somebody right between the eyes? Mm-hmm. Talk to the Germans. That's where they got it. He was just a little off and to the left. All right, a little uh, off. There's a lot of excitement. There's a lot of pressure when you're shooting right. Osama bin Laden. Right, you only get one shot, one chance to, to, to be put perfect. the first shot in there. Yeah, Yeah. all right. Um, and especially he's like hiding behind little girls yeah, there was or a, something. a woman, his wife was in front of him. And uh, they shot her in the leg because I guess after they shot, they shot around her. And uh, anyway, All right. uh, Mark 48, MP7. And the night vision they used was the GP NVG 18. All right. So night vision is a thing. You And you can buy your own. Okay. For $45,000. Woo! So we saw it on the uh, Optics Planet. How's mm-hmm. that? If you want, I might even be able to get you like a discount code. Okay little bit off. Get it yourself. You have to send me a private email yeah. if you want the discount. Bust it down to like $44,000. Yeah. We'll give you get a little discount. Mm-hmm. They also uh, were using something called hyperspectral imaging Woo! before they did the raid. Now, and what's something like that what does do? It, what does it do? We Nobody know. knows. Well, it sounds secret. impressive. It I sounds tell dope, you. right? I know if I'm doing a raid, I want some hyperspectral, uh, hyperspectral imaging. imaging. Right. So... Uh, Came in two helicopters. All right. Uh, it was 79 guys and one dog. Now, what was this? This must have been a special dog. I, it, yeah, I can't pronounce it. All it's right. a, a Belgian Milanios, I guess. Maybe I'm saying that right. All but right. I can say that the dog's name was Cairo. Nice. Uh, so they came in on the first floor, cleared the room, small firefight. Right. Uh, I, I say firefight, but... The guys were just waking up and they go, looking what? for their guns and, and got shot. Second and third floor was the uh, was the Osama Bin Laden family. Uh, that's where their living quarters. All right. And uh, they got up through onto the third floor. They saw Osama Bin Laden peeking out through the doors. They're coming up the stairs. In the crack, like, oh. Uh-huh. And they saw the turban and the beard, and they were they like, knew. that's that guy. They knew. And... Uh, yeah, went in there. Um, he was crouching behind his wife. They shot Osama bin Laden in the in the head, just over his eye. And uh, his wife charged at him. They shot her in the leg, zip tied her, and that's took a with faithful him. woman right there. That is, no, unarmed, standing in front of your guy between machine guns, and then running unarmed. I know. At usually, Navy like with machine guns, like my wife would turn me like, "What the." Fuck you! Put me in front of you and turn, start smacking. Uh huh. This lady's I'd like, have to worry more about her than the Navy seals. seals. I got this. Yeah. You just wait here. Just hold on. I gotta kick the shit out of him before you. Gotta shoot kick him. the shit out of that guy. Mm-hmm. Now maybe her, uh, you know, fighting abilities weren't quite up to uh, mm-hmm. to that level, but her enthusiasm, a plus, a plus. Yeah. So and then they, you know, obviously took him out. Uh, took him out with him, buried him in the uh, Northern Arabian Sea. The the Arabian Sea is the Persian Gulf. They call it the Arabian Sea because uh, Persia is Iran, and Iran does not own the Arabian Gulf. No. As they'd like to suggest they do. So that's why we call it the Arabian Gulf now instead of the Persian Gulf. All right, fair enough. Now, buried him. 
Very they mean, messy. They tied a cinder block to <laughs> yeah, him and were like, over. dude, you're out. Yeah, they're, they're, according to Islamic rule, law, he has to be buried within 24 hours. Okay, so, so they were like, fuck, get me a cinder block. Or we have an extra anchor here, uh, something. So he's no. down there somewhere. You know, if you're scuba diving in North North Arabian Sea at any point, you might come across him. Now, you don't think they're just, like, keeping him in a cage and poking him with a stick? I don't think so, but I I would approve of that. I you, mean, wouldn't, you wouldn't be offended? I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be offended. It's like, a, like um, remember when they all those pictures came out uh, in Iraq? They had all those hostages with the hoods on and on dog leashes and shit like that. Yep, Everyone yep. was offended. Oh, it's outrage. You're talking about like Islamic fundamentalists that are telling you, giving you information. What did you think they were doing with them? Like, what did you think they were doing beforehand, before they are getting questioned? You think they're just like, uh, you know, come on, let's hold hands. We'll take a walk around and tell me everything. Just tell me everything. <laughs> Unload on crumpets. me. Well, that one, that one trader we traded for the five Taliban guys. Mm-hmm. He was like that. He was like, oh, yeah, it was great. Was it Bo Bergdahl? Bo Bergdahl, yeah. Right. And then, you know, so teach his own, right? Whatever, man. Do your thing. Ah. Do you. Now, all right, so let's say we're, we've got to gotta, um, take a building. We've all right, gotta clear. so we, we've scoped it out. We've we know where out. we want to go. Mm-hmm. Now, the next thing, before we even get crazy... Like seals, a lot of times are actually the big thing you see it with the police. Honestly, I don't know what seals do on this one, mm-hmm. but they're big on like the flashbang. Right. And so they'll open a door throw either by force crib. and throw it in the baby's crib. Right. And everyone's like, ah! mm-hmm. and they go blind and their ears bleed and they lay on the floor and cry. Right. Now, that's the, the nice way of clearing a room. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of us aren't going to necessarily have flashbangs available to us. Right. Now, some of you who have a little understanding of chemistry and might be able to work something out on your own, Mm -hmm. that's something you might want to look into. I stay out of that. No recommendation of committing felonies of any kind. Right. On the Survival and Basic Badass podcast. We like to work within the confines of the law, but I'm just saying if you watch MacGyver, that guy could do some awesome shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about. I know about. what you're talking about. All right. So, another thing you can do, they sell shotgun shells right. at a website okay. that I frequent called firequest.com. Mm-hmm. I'll see if I can put it in the show notes. And they actually have some kind of rounds that are like a flashbang. Okay. Equivalent? Equivalent. So you might want to look into that. But you actually have to be in the room when this. To well, fire you shoot it, right? it. I mean, from the door. Okay. Yeah, just whatever. So and also they sell. Uh, I don't think they're actually. I think Bud K sells breaching rounds. Mm-hmm. All right, FireQuest. They're called Flash Thunder rounds. Okay. So I know Flash Bang, Flash Thunder. It's a little different. Mm-hmm. But these try them out. See if it freaks out your family. 
Next time your wife's in the kitchen baking biscuits, mm-hmm. just fire that off in the kitchen. See what happens. And see what happens. Mm-hmm. See if she's like, oh, that yells bad words. Uh-huh. If see that happens. That, see if you can get over to her and zip tie her before she, <laughs> before before she, she kicks the shit out of you. <laughs> Try that out. So firequest.com, buy some flash thunder rounds. Now, I think they're like three for uh 20 bucks. Mm-hmm. But I mean, how many do you need, really? Right. I mean, you know, what are you planning? And they did have bulk packages, though. So right. I'm just saying that's an option. Buy in bulk. Buy in bulk, and save. Do it every day, just as a All test. Right. Now, Bud K had breaching rounds. Usually, um, I thought FireQuest did, but I didn't see any on there when I went to check it out for the show. Mm-hmm. So whatever. I know Bud K sells them. Basically, a breaching round, all you need is a, sh- a slug. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, what you do, well, this is kind of the next thing, but the breaching rounds, when they say breaching rounds specifically, mm-hmm. they're usually a softer metal. Okay. So that the bullet kind of stops with the lock. Okay. So that that's the difference. It's basically just to blow the door loose. It's a little bit safer. You're mm-hmm. maybe less likely to get, you know, whatever. Now... This I'm always torn on. Um, you see different options. You want the element of surprise. And this is tough when you're opening doors. Mm-hmm. Now, hopefully doors aren't locked. You're just kind of, you know, people are walking in and out with guns. Usually soldiers aren't locking doors. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going into a meth lab. The door might be locked. Right. But if you're, I don't know. I mean, if I, I have a compound and I'm hanging out at my house. Mm-hmm. And I have guys outside with guard towers and shit. I don't think I'm locking the doors. Yeah? Nah, I think I'd keep it locked. I don't know. Well, you're probably smarter than me. That's what well, I'm knowing here. either way, you don't want to be fucking around with the door for 20 minutes. Right. So here's the deal. Sometimes you see on cop shows and stuff, if you can pick a lock, and maybe that's a skill you should learn, mm-hmm. that might make it easier. If you can do it quietly. Right. Now, if you think they're all sitting at the card table right there and you're like, oh, let me just, Mm -hmm. you know, use your judgment on how quiet you can be. Now, another thing is you can kick in a door. Now, the next thing you want to look at the door, look at the hinges. If the door swings in, you can kick it in. If the door swings out towards you, don't even bother. Mm -hmm. It ain't going to happen. Right. Um, you're going to maybe end up with your foot inside the door. <laughs> the door. Yeah. Um, that it's just awkward and embarrassing when you're Hold like, on, hey, hey, guys, <laughs> just stuck here a little bit. That that's nothing you want. Um, now I mentioned the breaching rounds. You want to do it with a shotgun. That's cool. Uh, typically with that, you'll do like where you have, you know, the shorter, like pistol grip kind of shotgun. Um, you know how they have, you know, in the, a lot of the zombie killer ones and whatever they sell, something like that. Now you want to hold it within six inches of the door lock. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're basically pointing right to where the bolt goes through the door. Right now, if it's a dead bolt, you're going to be up there. Otherwise, you're going to be at the the mm-hmm. door regular door lock. You want to be within six inches, and you want to have down at a forty five degree and a forty five degree towards the door frame. Okay. Like, you know, where the doorknob is, obviously. Mm-hmm. And then it's possible you could be stupid and have to do the doorknob and the hinges, depending on how serious of a door this is. Mm-hmm. But whatever, you're hoping for the doorknob and go in. 
Because if you give them much more time than that, you're kind of screwed. Mm-hmm. If you're fumbling around and whatever, right. if it's that serious of a door, maybe find another way to go in. Because mm-hmm. that's really not going right. to be your, your move. Now, at this point, we're finally ready to breach or enter the room. All right. Now, usually the guy who does shoots the gun and, and blows the door. Now, I'm not really excited about that. I really don't like this having to break down the door. I feel like it throws you off balance kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But if the door is locked and you got to get through it, you yeah. got to get through it. Now, the guy who shoots the lock, he's, if you have enough guys, either going to step away right. and kind of guard for other people coming, mm-hmm. or he's going to get at the end of the line and be the last right. guy last going man in. in. He's yep. not going to, you know, blow the door and run right in. He wants mm-hmm. to just hit it and go, and there's somebody right behind him ready to step up who's focused and has their gun in their hand. Right. Now, through Tell the me. door. Through the door. How does that work? So I'm the first guy in line. The guy just blew the lock. The door flies open. Everyone's like, ah! Right. And this maybe the... the guy with the breaching shot a flashbang in there. Right. But now... Yeah. Now, this is the most dangerous part, going okay. through the door. Because you don't know what you're going to find. They might have been sitting there waiting for you. Okay. Uh, so you're going to want to stay as quiet as possible leading up to the breach of the door. Okay. Uh, you know, do your best to not A let lot them of times know, they not talk about it. hand signals, mm-hmm. you know, when you're ready to go. Yeah. Usually when you're ready, it's like squeeze the They'll guy's squeeze arm. The shoulder and yep. That in kind front of thing of or their forearm, you know, their tricep, whatever. Now, the first man in will cross the threshold and either go to the left or look around to the right. He can do either. and That's right. The first guy gets to decide. He gets to decide. The second person in goes opposite. All right, let me stop you right there. Now, the first thing, he's going to look into the room, so you're going to see the two opposite corners, two far away corners. Mm -hmm. And you're going to see, are there any intruders or anything I need to worry about? Because you're just going to shoot that guy if you see somebody standing there. Mm-hmm. You don't see somebody standing there now. Corners. Check corners. corners. So we've already seen the far opposite too. Mm-hmm. So the first guy, like you said, is going to go either to the right or the left, his choice. Mm-hmm. It's cool if you guys want to choreograph and work it out beforehand. Right. But basically, all the second guy has to remember is I'm going the opposite. Mm-hmm. All right. So clear your corners. It's important to set eyes on and muzzles on your corner as quickly as possible because you're protecting the back of the other person. All right. Now, let me add to that. So you're going to walk in and you're going to want to be sure footed right as you come in. So you're going to kind of go to that like two foot stance to and to the side. So you're immediately stepping in and dropping both feet solid and your gun pointing right at the corner. And then you're going to start sweeping to the left. Now, what Kevin said, you're kind of protecting your other man. Mm -hmm. Well, believe it or not, you want to be standing there so that your body armor, and hopefully you have a vest or something like that if you're doing stuff like this, is going to actually protect the backside of the guy coming in behind you. Mm -hmm. So you're going to come in and point straight into the corner of the direction you're facing. The other guy is going to step in and basically put his back to your back mm-hmm. and clear the opposite corner. Then then run your wall. That's what they call run it. Run your wall. So you're going to take so your you're gun. Gonna, just for a second, you're going to check that corner. It should only take a second. 
it's a fraction of a second. Mm -hmm. I mean, you just, what you see, your body's going to comprehend it and you're going to know problem or not problem. Right. I mean, literally you should go from the corner to all the way along the wall to the opposite, well, to the corner further inside the room. Right. Right. You should make that whole sweep in like a second. Mm hmm. I mean, you know, unless you find an obstacle. Right, right. So let's uh, let's step back. All right, by moving along the wall, make yourself a moving target. You give yourself time to focus on the, any immediate th threats, then you're going to collapse your sector. What that yes. means is you're going to scan the room toward one another, stopping just a few free feet from in front of the, the opposite person. This gives you three advantages. Um, overlapping field of fire, two sets of eyes immediately on any danger areas, and identifying any tactical problems. That would be like uh, something, a yeah, couch or whatever, something somebody right. might be hiding behind. Um, basically, so the two you come in, Kevin's 100% right, I kind of didn't point that out, is you want to keep moving. You become a hard target when you're moving. Mm -hmm. People who don't shoot every day, Somehow can't hit moving things at all. It, right. I don't understand it. But, it, I mean, actually, I kind of do understand it. I know when I'm trying to get a groundhog running across the lawn, it took me probably a month of shooting at groundhogs <laughs> to be able to really get them on the go, uh -huh. you know, when they're not just sitting there. Mm -hmm. it, it's something, you know, but you move quickly. You kind of shuffle along the floor. Um, your body's back. Check the opposite corner, follow the wall, then guns up, always moving. After the wall covers, then you both close in, like Kevin said, on danger areas. Mm -hmm. Now, these are going to be like a couch, a table, something somebody might be Another hiding door. behind. Yeah. Um, and But the idea is you both immediately corners along the wall and then converge on whatever the obstruction is. So you're there almost right away. And you're like, oh, well, you know, it's going to take you a while to get there if they're on the far side of the room and in the center. But you would have saw that guy right when you were coming in. Right. And that's and the cool thing. Hopefully you're doing this with at least four people. And there's a third and fourth guy coming through the door. Who can be right on the center. Mm -hmm. um, but really two and a guy at the door. And honestly, we're assuming you've cleared the area as you've gotten to it. Right. There shouldn't be people coming up behind you. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing you're going to sometimes come in on a corner and that's a little bit different where you're coming straight in and you got to make that whole sweep. But basically it's, you kind of think about it the same way. Like, so we'll say the corner, the door frame, everything is on your right side is the wall that's tight to the door. You're going to start at the left and start bringing around as the second guy comes straight in and starts meeting at that diagonal. Mm -hmm. with you um and basically you're gonna kind of go up the hall and keep going from room to room and you clear the entire floor mm -hmm. and then you keep moving up now before you move out of that room that's your chance for communication okay basically just visual communication you're gonna look make eye contact with uh with your partner and just you know make sure that everything's good everything's clear uh, this is also a chance for um, check for danger areas like like doors, uh, penetrate deeper into the room, and to reload if you need to reload. Okay. No. 
And that's pretty much everything that's I got. That's pretty on, much on how you clear a room. a room. No, that's that's pretty much it. But being safe, you don't just all run in. You really need to clear the corners and you really need to keep moving. Mm-hmm. These are the things that are going to keep you alive. Um, if you guys have any, uh, you know, more insight on this and you want to share stuff, you know, we haven't been to all the, you know, training stuff. We, uh, I mean, you know, what I'm saying is I haven't been to like Navy SEAL training stuff. Mm-hmm. I've been to stuff where they've taught me how to clear a room, how to do stuff. There's a lot of ways to be sneaky. Um, you know, on a ship, we used to have these uh, security teams. And basically, you know, you'd come in and, and, you know, sweep areas. And we used to train for this all the time. And, you know, every duty day, there'd be some kind of, you know, training going on like this. Um, my ship, we also had boarding teams where we'd go on like container ships mm. and go search their kind of stuff, um, stuff like that. We had different schools you'd go to where you play with paintball guns. Um, you know, one of the ways that, one of the things, you know, I learned when you're checking around a corner, you know, people always look around a corner. You know, well, they have something they say, you know, you want to pop a corner. And what you do with that is you want to just, your head and back and, and back in right. a second. And you know what? Your mind will take a pretty decent snapshot mm-hmm. of what's, you know, around the corner. They also talk about maybe you pop out at an unexpected height. Mm-hmm. You know what? If your head is right at normal eye level kind of thing, that's where they're aiming their gun. Right. And if you pop your head out at the ground level, they're not going to get their gun down quick enough before you're back. For the in, most part, uh, before you're cover. back, if you need to check a corner. These are different things to you know think about. If you have time, stand on a chair, pop out a little bit higher, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. These are things nobody's expecting. It's going to give you the edge. Because if somebody's just sitting there waiting for you to come around the corner, it's really tough to get on them. Um, I know one time I'm a dick and I like to play hardball, you know. And I was, they were, I knew there was a guy waiting around the corner. Mm. And I said, you know what? Let's change this up. And we grabbed the fire hose. Mm -hmm. And we came around the corner with the fire hose going. And that's, and this was in a training facility, not, uh, not real life, huh? Not, well, I mean, it was training. Well, yeah, I mean, it wasn't a real guy with a gun. It was a guy with a paintball, but it also wasn't on a ship. Mm-hmm. Cause I think they would have been a little pissed at me, but <laughs> either way it was freaking awesome. Cause they, you don't expect to get blasted by a fire hose. And the same thing. It's just something that there are other options. Mm-hmm. Um, another time I'm the bad guy and I'm hanging out there. And if you guys have ever been on a Navy ship, if you look up, there's wiring all through the ceiling Mm -hmm. and all kinds of, you know, all weird conduit and mess and whatever. Now, there's probably a good chance you'll get electrocuted climbing through there because not all those wires are taped off and like they should be. But we actually um, had a guy climb up in there and just hook his legs around all the different cables up there and was laying in the ceiling. So they come around the corner and yeah, somebody's standing there and looking, oh, there's a guy up in the ceiling. Yeah. But I was there for like, or, but yeah, I did it one time and another guy did it another time. I was there like a minute before they figure out and I'm blasting everybody coming around the corner and we had a pile of dead guys before, you know, they figured out what was going on. Mm -hmm. That's another, you know, 
something to think about. Just be unexpected. Now, again, you're not hiding in the ceiling in a regular hallway in a house. Mm -hmm. But, you know, look around. You know, is there a bookshelf you can kind of climb up in and be ready for? Mm -hmm. You know, different things. There's maybe some other options. Just don't be predictable. And and that's a big thing when you're, you know, counter insurgency, you know, Um, just something to think about. But a lot of that. Two, you want to be this guy. You want to be somebody who can protect your family. You know, this is the, you know, it's a prepping podcast, survival, prepping, you know, being prepared for different things with the idea to really be prepared to go rescue your family or help somebody out the way you can handle your own business and not be dependent on the government. um, You need to spend a little bit of time training, learning. Be physically fit, you know, get out, get exercise, move around a little bit. You know, if you're not the guy who can climb up in the ceiling, mm-hmm. maybe that's a problem. Maybe that's something you got to worry about. Um, but that's the thing. Spend time getting familiar with your guns. Right. Get to know them, use them so that, you know, they're second nature. You know, I have certain guns that I go to because I know 100% that the aim is true and, and all this, and it's going to shoot where I want it to shoot. And I know how I shoot with it. And I know, you know what? I'm not going to miss something like that. There's not even a thought like, Oh, that's going to be a miss. And it's not because I have a special skill or Mm -hmm. Chuck's the talented gunman. No, it's because I put some time into it and it doesn't even take a lot of time, but I would say enough time that it's constantly familiar. Mm -hmm. Um, If I come back to a gun two months after I've used it, I'm not nearly as confident as if I picked it up last week. Right. And the same thing. If it's been a year, I'm not going to be confident like two months. Mm -hmm. You know, just put the time, get familiar, you know, same thing. Go out camping, use some of your gear, you know, get to know your stuff. And that's how you're going to be confident. Build some fires. Try and do it a couple times. You know, when you go out in the evening and build a fire for the family, go out, sit in the backyard. Oh, you know, it rained this morning and I didn't even think about that. And all the wood's wet and it's a real pain in the ass. But when you start running into these things, you start thinking like, oh, you know what? This is what I need to be aware of. Right. This is, you know, and whatever obstacles present, that's what, you know, makes it that you're going to be successful. You know, the guy who's done it is going to be a thousand times ahead of the guy who hasn't. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, what I got on that. And that's really, you know, how you take charge of things. Um, You know, and you know, I love talking about guns. You know, I love getting out there. You know, I love like night vision and and silencers and AR-15s and different handguns. Well, you know, maybe go see the local gun shop and see what cool things are, you know, available to you. Mm-hmm. Kind of get into the culture a little bit. And, you know, this stuff, you know, everyone's like, oh, well, you know, it's supposed to be about survival and prepping. And, and all you talk about is guns. Well, guns are a big part. You know, if somebody can come take away all your stuff. Um, I watched, I, I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, I watched The Survivalist. Mm-hmm. And the guy's got a garden and stuff, but he's got a shotgun with like two bullets, two shells. Mm-hmm. And that's what he's got to protect his stuff with. And people roll up and just ravage his garden and take everything. But he's like, there's like six of them. 
So mm-hmm. I just have to sit in here and let them take it. Right. Because what am I going to do? Well, maybe guns are a little bit of, you know, mm-hmm. they're a big part of it. So with yeah, that. Having superior firepower is a, a big plus. It makes a big plus. I mean, I know I harp on it a lot, but it can really be a game changer. Um, and, you know. Whatever, there's a lot of good farming and cool stuff out there, too, that's really important. You know, different steps, and, you know, we'll try and cover all of them. But let's, you know, get you through it. You know, a lot of it is in some of our earlier episodes that we had a lot more of that homesteading stuff. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know how to kind of balance it out to work it in. Like, do I retell the same, you know, stuff, take you into the old stuff, or... You know, I always want to bring you new ideas, you know, things we haven't thought of before. Right, things we haven't talked but about. Covered. you guys come up with stuff, you hear different things, or you feel, you know what, we're lacking in some area. You feel like, you know, we're we're leaving you guys deficient. Shoot us an email at preppingbadass at gmail.com and tell us where you want us to take the show next. Sounds good to me. Otherwise, stay safe, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Survival and Basic Badass Podcast is a proud member of the Self-Defense Radio Network. Mm.